Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And you the man, the America, the mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the four-hour deflector shield shindig. DA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City. Broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. Anchorage to Atlanta, Colorado to Carolina, Kalamazoo, and Waterloo. Way you're on the air. Hey, listening, D.A. Everything we saying, D.A. Everything. How are we doing, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us. Loaded show today. We'll talk about last night's NBA draft lottery and how the draft now sits with NBA draft analyst for Yahoo Sports, Kristen Peak. She's going to join us on the show in hour number four. Before we get there, NBA writer for The Athletic, Mike Vorkanoff, is going to join us here on the program in hour number three. No Canadian bacon today because no Stanley Cup playoff games last night, but fear not. We have a champ at a chump in 40 minutes, and we've also got Doc getting the zig. Did he deserve it coming up in 20 minutes as well. Also, we'll talk about Stetson Bennett taking 19 years of college not to graduate on the Mraz plan. And we are taste testing some delicious new treats. I hold in front of me two bags of gold. Two bags of gold. Limited time flavors from Lay's Potato Chips. We have BLT and Cuban Sandwich. How about that? And both of them in huge font say naturally and artificially flavored. I think you should turn them into more crumbs, though. That'll be good. As though I needed, <laughs> as though I needed a reminder that you could not flavor potato chips as BLT or Cuban sandwich with only natural flavoring. Okay. But what is the natural flavoring? We will find out. Oh, we sure will. So we are taste testing these brand new summer Lay's potato chip flavors coming up 
Hour 3. Let's start with last night's game number one of the Western Conference Finals. Advantage Nuggets. Denver jumped out to a 21-point lead. Held on at the end. The Lakers cut it to just three. But at the end of game one, it's the Denver Nuggets taking game number one. It was an impressive performance yet again from Nikola Jokic, who throws down a triple-double. And the question becomes, is this going to be a short series for the Nuggets? It is where we begin. You're cold open. And here we go. Inbound goes to Jamal. Back over to Joker. Four seconds left for Denver. Jokic has it at the point. You got to shoot it. Does for three. Got it at the horn. Right over Anthony Davis. But Nicola was great. You know, 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists, two blocks. And as you mentioned, Harrison, his aggression, him driving the ball, dunking the ball in traffic. Um, and, and we always talk about an aggressive Nikola Jokic is a very effective Nikola Jokic. Three seconds left to go in Denver. There's the horn. Ball arena crowd to its feet. The Denver Nuggets take game number one of the Western Conference Finals. They're 1-0 and we have to come back with desperation um, going into game two. We have to play better. We have to rebound better. Um, I thought we did a good job of not turning the ball over. Um, that's one thing we've been very conscious about in the postseason. But we've been better in transition tonight. We wasn't that great in the first half. We cleaned it up in the second half. Um, so we need to be better at all facets of the game. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. That was Nuggets Radio on the call. LeBron and Michael Malone, head coach of the Nuggets. So my big takeaways are this. This is not going to be a short series, despite as dominant as the Nuggets looked last night, building up to a 21-point lead. This is not going to be a short series because I believe that the Lakers found something late in this game in the third quarter into the fourth quarter they can take away and use moving forward. Now, the pros, the good for the Nuggets. Jokic is a monster. He is just a miserable matchup for anybody. And Jokic is putting his stamp right now in a postseason where you might just say, oh yeah, that's the year Jokic dominated. That's the Jokic year. You know, Moses Malone did this back in 1983 as a big who was good for a really long time, but had to cement his legacy as an all-timer with an incredible postseason run and unguardable, indefensible postseason run. We could be looking at that from Jokic, where really great big man, had won MVPs, but really wasn't in the all-time list until he won a championship at a dominant postseason. This could be that for Jokic. He was tremendous last night yet again. Also, I love the balance from the Nuggets scoring. Look at how they spread out the point scoring last night. Jokic had 34. Jamal Murray had 31. 21 points for Caldwell Pope. 15 for Michael Porter Jr., 12 for Aaron Gordon. Every starter had double-digit scoring. They also got 16 from Brown off the bench. So I liked all of that, and obviously I love the way that the Nuggets absolutely dominated the first half, building a huge lead at the break. What I didn't like from a Nuggets standpoint is Jokic only had three points of the fourth quarter. 
So he seemingly ran out of gas offensively when it came to crunch time. And the Nuggets allowed the big third quarter into the fourth quarter to allow the Lakers to get back in it. And they did not have the killer instinct to say, this is game one in our house. We're up 20 and we're not going to let you off the mat. They let the Lakers breathe and had to survive. Are the Nuggets going to survive? I am going to sound like a broken record throughout this series and perhaps the NBA Finals as well. I have doubted the Nuggets' ability to win a championship because I have doubted their ability to get defensive stops at critical junctures. And last night was another one of those where I know they pulled out a win, but come on, you're up 21 points at home against an elder statesman Lakers team. You need to keep your foot on the throat and not let them crawl back into it. They got all the way to within three. That can't happen. So once again, the things that I worry about with the Nuggets came to rear their ugly head last night. I will also say, though, advantage Nugs is that Anthony Davis came to play last night. He was incredible. AD had 40 points and 10 rebounds. 40 and 10. But the reason why the Nuggets were still able to win is that AD has to chase Jokic all over the place. Jokic's range is from when he walks into the gym, just in terms of playmaking. I mean, he can take the the inbounds pass from underneath his own basket and thread a pass all the way down the floor for an open bucket the other way. His passing and his range, that rainbow three at the end of the third quarter, means that AD has to come away from the paint and make sure he's got at least some connection to Jokic. That opens up the interior. So AD came to play last night. we got to give him that. Oftentimes we criticize and question how often he's engaged. He was engaged last night. He wanted it. And yet the Nuggets were still able to win because Jokic was so good in the first three quarters of this game. Certainly an interesting chess match going into game number two, but no, I don't think this is a short series. I think the Lakers had something last night that they feel good about. 855-212-4CBS on Twitter, DA on CBS. Man, the Spurs have some type of horseshoe crammed right up the you-know-what. Is this one of the luckiest franchises that's ever roamed the face of the earth? The Spurs have won the NBA draft lottery three times. All three times they landed on a generational talent. 1987, David Robinson. Robinson was so dominant in college, Navy won NCAA tournament games. Navy. Can you even remember the last time Navy was in the tournament? David Robinson made Navy a March Madness team that could win games. Obviously went on to a Hall of Fame career and was one of the best big men of the 80s and 90s. In 1997, much like this year, except everybody knew Tim Duncan because he played college at Wake Forest. They won the NBA draft lottery 
Rick Pitino was convinced the Celtics were going to win that lottery. Instead, it came up ping pong ball spurs, and Tim Duncan just so happened to be perhaps the most polished collegiate basketball star ever, the most well-rounded And by year two of Tim Duncan, they already started winning NBA championships. And now this year, the Spurs had equal footing odds last night with two other teams, the Rockets and the Pistons, to win the overall number one spot for, again, a generational talent that comes along once in a blue moon I think Adrian Wojnarowski oversold it a little bit by saying this could be the greatest prospect in the history of professional sports. That feels heavy. <laughs> that that feels hyperbolic. But, look, Wembeyama is the type of guy that has all of the boxes checked for today's modern NBA. He runs like a gazelle. He's seven feet tall. He's got incredible handle. He's got great shooting range. I mean, he does it all. Plus, he's played overseas, so he's played against pros already. He's a teenager, and yet he's gotten good experience, better than you can even get here in the States. So he's got everything. Plus, smart kid. I mean, you know, just you hear him speak last night, even though Windhorse's mic was out for him. I mean, Windhorse, how do you have, how do you have the most talked about prospect in, the NBA's recent history, and his mic's out. <laughs> you sent Windy all the way to France for this interview, and the mic, his mic is out. Needed to send Cap with him. How how could it happen? Windhorse's microphone worked. Wemby's did it. Windy's did. Wemby's didn't. But three times the Spurs win the lottery, and these are the three players. There's no Anthony Bennett in there. And how about the Pistons getting absolutely screwed royally? The Pistons were tied for the best odds to win the draft lottery because they had the worst record of the NBA. Worst record, worst team, the Pistons. They came up with the fifth pick. Could you imagine having the worst record of the league and by just sheer lottery dumb luck, you pick number five? That's absolutely atrocious. That's awful. We'll talk more about Wemby a little bit later on in the show. But, man, I mean, the Spurs, what a freaking stroke of luck. I mean, they've been bad for like 10 minutes, and they just got the most talked-about prospect. Let's see. They won their last NBA Finals 2016. No, 2014. 2014. So it's been, what? Nine years? Nine years. Oh. But they've been playoff teams. Yeah, boo-hoo. They've been a playoff team because even after they they won that 2016 NBA championship, they still had Kawhi for a couple of years, and that was yeah. the end of the Tony Parker thing. And, and one of the best coaches for the last 30 years. Now, for Wembayama, he clearly is going to a spot where they've been very good with international talent. They were the ones that took a flyer on Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, and those guys ended up as Hall of Famers. They've gone through many international prospects and scouts, and so they this is a great spot for 
for Victor. But yeah, I mean, oof, you look at your watch and you go, wow, the Spurs haven't even been that bad for very long. And now suddenly they got a guy that can walk in and immediately become a superstar. That's incredible. Okay, when we come back here on the show, elsewhere in the NBA, Doc Rivers gets the zig. Was it deserved? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Come on, knock on our door. Come on, knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his three's company too. DA on CBS Sports Radio. What the weakness goes. Okay, then. 23 minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, it's a good Wednesday. You should watch us. Oh, yeah. Watch the show. YouTube. Boom. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channel. Twitch. Boom. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channel. WatchDA.com. They're all mobile friendly as well. You can watch the show every morning. What's my weakness? Goals. What's my weakness? Goals. Yo, Salt, I look around and I couldn't believe this. You make me want to root, 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 Rupe, 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 I can't stop hearing Root Beirut. As Mariah's saying that. That was not the lyrics. No. Rupe, root, rupe, root, rupe, 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 root, rupe, root, rupe, 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 
Rupe, Rupe, Rupe, Rupe, Rupe, Rupe, Rupe. Yeah, it's almost like Beirut had a soccer team, and that was their <laughs> chance. Rupe, 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 So Doc Rivers gets the zig yesterday, and I know that Joel Embiid's got to play better in a game seven, and I know that James Harden needs to play better in a game seven, and I know that Doc's not on the floor, and I know that bringing back James Harden feels like a mistake, and I know that that was not the perfectly built team in Philadelphia, but how can you look your team in the eye How can you look your fan base in the eyes? How can you look at yourself in the mirror and bring back a guy that only does this, which is collapse in postseason series and is unable to push the Sixers beyond the second round? This is just exactly what they are and who they are. And it is possible maybe even probable that they'll bring in the next guy and the same exact thing will happen. And Bede will choke in a big spot. He'll point the fingers. They'll bring back Harden. He'll go to sleep for three games out of a seven-game series. And they'll lose next year in the second round of the Bucks, and it'll be the same thing all over again. It is possible the next guy, this is the same bit. But you are mandated in my mind to change things up because this is all it's ever going to be with Doc. It is remarkable that Doc Rivers won an NBA championship 15 years ago. It is remarkable. And there was something going on with that Celtics team, the Umbutu team, with all that chemistry and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, and they had something cooking out there. And, hey, he was able to... Take all of those egos, all that talent, and and funnel it to a championship. I'm not taking that away from him. But every year that he collapses again in a game seven, that seems so unlikely to ever happen again. Did you know? Remember the end of SportsCenter they did Did You Know? Way back when. The last slide was a, a factoid. Did you know? Did you know this would be a total did you know on Sports Center back in like 1998? Doc Rivers leads all coaches ever with 10 game seven losses. 10. He has been eliminated in a game seven 10 times. The next most, Pat Riley with five. Wow. Is that so? So Doc Rivers has twice as many Game 7 losses as any coach ever. Twice as many as any coach ever. Also, I I forget the number now. I think we talked about this, folks. How many times he's been up 3-1 or 3-2 and lost the series? is also, I believe, twice or three times as much as any coach ever. He's the only coach with three blown 3-1 three leads. Yes. I think it's seven total times his teams have been up 3-2 and lost. Correct. I think he's, 
You're absolutely right. He's blown three three-one leads, and maybe nobody else has more than one. That's correct. And he has three. I think there's five all time. He has three of them, and then four other times he lost three two series leads. The idea that next year is going to be different with Doc Rivers is is silly. So you had to fire him. There's also good coaches out there. I like Monty Williams. Nick Nurse won a championship. So I think there's a reason to make a change. I'm not saying the Sixers are perfect, but, I mean, what do you need to see from Doc to know that that combo of Doc plus this Sixers team isn't doing anything more than what we just saw? And the gag in Game 6 is one that you got to wear for the rest of your lives because you're at home and you're up in that game, and then you just completely choke in the final five minutes. But then to follow that up with basically a no-show in Game 7, you've got to wear both of those for the rest of your lives. How could you possibly bring back Doc? And let me just say this, because I don't know if we'll talk about Sixers basketball anymore the rest of the offseason. I don't like the narrative that the process didn't work. I don't like that at all. Because what that is doing is looking at the result and saying that all the work you put in to get there or the the ideals, the philosophy was also wrong. Not necessarily. The process did land you Joel Embiid, who was the NBA MVP. But more importantly, you took Ben Simmons with one of the number one picks and bypassed on Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz. If the Sixers with those three number ones had drafted anybody but Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum, or even drafted Ben Simmons, but drafted Jason Tatum and had Joel Embiid, maybe a different story. And if they had kept Jimmy Butler instead of Tobias Harris, giving you a Sixers nucleus of Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, and Jason Tatum, the process would have been amazing. The process could have delivered that super team. They just chose wrong. They just blew the picks and the the roster maneuvering after it. But collecting number one picks? Yeah, it was a transparent attempt to lose a lot. And people didn't like it. And if I was a Sixers fan, I wouldn't have liked it either. I didn't care if they lost. I had no emotional attachment. But it definitely paid dividends, just the wrong ones, because they chose wrong. Standing by, headlines this morning. Kind sir, Andrew Bogish. DA headlines are sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. So bundle today at Progressive.com. I notice it. Mm -hmm. The day after Aaron Judge's plot was foiled, a Yankee pitcher cheated instead. Domingo Herman tossed before the bottom of the fourth in Toronto last night. Because, quote, it's the stickiest hand I've ever felt. My fingers had a hard time coming off his palm. (laughs) In the words of crew chief James Hoy. Stickiest ever. Ever. The same crew examined Herman's hand back in an April 15th start. But let him kept pitching then, not last night. Herman now becomes the fourth, likely to get a 10-game ban since baseball began checking for sticky stuff. And it doesn't sound like Aaron Boone was defending his pitcher to the death. He's been in the crosshairs a little bit, but it raised to a level that they didn't feel was 
good and and ultimately you know that that's domingo's responsibility to make sure we're, we're in a better position there i think the big takeaway is the yankees don't have to be dominant but the yankees do need to do things the right way they are the yankees they are the standard bearers of baseball they don't allow sideburns or mustaches or beards they don't have dopey uniform combinations they are professional they are historic they're supposed to do things the right way and what we've seen in recent years is Star Wars night. Mm. We've seen flash the lights up and down like you're entering your eighth grade prom after home runs. Now we have Aaron Judge stealing signs, lying about not cheating, cheating. And then the next night, Domingo Herman does cheat. I don't like this. I don't, I don't uh-uh. like the Yankees. I don't like the Yankees becoming like the Raiders of the 70s. And you haven't even mentioned the ultimate irony of our colleagues down the hall on the Yankees' flagship radio station just last week throwing around baseless claims of cheating against the Rays. But here are the Yankees actually breaking rules within a week. I don't think that's good. I don't think it's good for baseball. No, I agree. I I don't think Herman should pitch anymore for the Yankees. They should throw him off the team. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who the whole team doesn't like and they need, and uh, we're done with him. Mm -hmm. There's no room for cheating like that. Mm -hmm. I think the team should have to forfeit games. And mm-hmm. and Judge, too, such a bad look to then cheat the day before Domingo Herman cheats. I mean, he didn't, but okay. And then last night you had the Blue Jays pitcher admitting that Judge didn't cheat and that he was tipping his pitches. So um, nice mention by Bogus in that story. I don't know if that's exactly how it went down. I mean, he admitted to Ken Rosenthal, yep, I was tipping my pitches. Okay, not cheating. so... Actually, what happened is, if you want me to mention it, so actually, is we were right and you were wrong because you believed hook, line, and sink or the fact that the chirping no. Yankees were bothering so, Aaron Judge at the plate. Right. So mm. what I believed is that he wasn't cheating, and we found out he wasn't cheating. I told you more than once. You want to go back and listen for me to a ch- for a change? I told you that he probably was stealing signs, which is fine. I said there was plenty of room to do things. But that's not cheating. That was not cheating. That was my point all along. He's not a cheater. But you said that he was paying attention to his team. Which yes. he still might have been. No. He still might have been. But what we found no. out is even if it was worst case scenario and he was looking over at the first base coach, we have now found out. That the Blue Jays pitcher himself admitted he was tipping pitches. So either way, either Judge was fully telling the truth or he was trying to protect that Blue Jays pitcher from embarrassment. No, but no, the Blue no. Jays pitcher went out and did that. No. He wasn't giving up the Yankees' secret that they had a secret yeah. on the Blue Jays' pitchers. Either way you slice it, we and he found had a terrible out that story. Aaron Judge he's was not so a cheater. Right. He was, they wouldn't shut up in the dugout. He had to keep looking over because he's the leader. That was your story yesterday. That was Judge's story, and I said it's very and believable. it was nonsense. It was never believable. It's still very believable. No. But either way you How slice can it, it be believable still if the Jays pitcher told, just told you that he was tipping pitches and they were figuring Bogus. it out? I can get you a couple boxes of tissues if you want to cry about this more. Either way, we found out last night that the no. Yankees didn't no, shoot. No, 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 no. And they have one scummy player in Domingo Herman who deserves to get kicked out of the league. Enough. That's it. I just think it's a culture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. And that's my opinion. No, the culture is they're going to lose in October anyway. That's the culture. Uh, yeah, for a team that, had, their team that loses a lot, they sure as hell talk a lot. <laughs> the Red Sox snapped their four-game skid last night, 9-4 over the Mariners. The Orioles down the Angels, 7-3. And Jordan Alvarez drove in two in the Astros, 7-3 home win over the Cubs. The Twins were 5-1 winners at Dodger Stadium. The Royals put an end to their four-game drought with a 5-4 win in San Diego. 
And the Reds got a 3-1 W at Coors Field. The lead as large as 21. It was still 14 midway through the fourth. But as we know, nobody blows out an Austin Reeves yeah. team in the playoffs. Crowd chaining defense. LeBron dribbling right. LeBron to Austin Reeves for three. Good, and it's a three-point game. 124-121, timeout, Denver. John Ireland on Lakers Radio. What's his nickname? Honky Tonk Mamba? <laughs> that I don't know. Redneck Mamba? It's something like that. Honky Tonk Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like That's that. That's longer than his actual name. Hillbilly <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> All right. Hillbilly Kobe. Uh, Austin Reeves tried but failed to drag the Honky Lakers. Tonk Mamba. <laughs> Honky yeah, Tonk Mamba. Way off. Actually, I think Honky Tonk Mamba is a better one. Not even in the right church on that one. I'm just, I'm just one. Yeah, you're just one off on each end. Right, I'm yeah. one version off of each part of it. Yeah. Hillbilly you sound Co- like me now. Hillbilly Kobe is Honky Tonk Mamba. <laughs> and either one can be the name of a segment on this show. <laughs> That's right after Tool or Cool. Yep. <laughs> Honky Tonk or Mamba. I think it's Cool or Tool. Oh. <laughs> they get the segment right. Well, but like Austin Reeves, cool or tool? Cool. Mm, I think a little toolish. Really? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, despite his efforts, the Lakers dropped game one of the Western Conference Final in Denver, 132-126. Michael Malone relieved his Nuggets didn't throw the game away. We talked a lot about how... The Lakers had gone into Memphis. They had gone into Golden State and won game ones and wrestled, controlled the series right away. And we worked too hard for that. We didn't want to give it away. Malone got 34 points, 21 boards, and 14 assists from Nikola Jokic, plus 31 from Jamal Murray. Anthony Davis had 40 with 10 boards in defeat. But arguably, the biggest win in the NBA last night belonged to the Spurs. The draft lottery gifting them Victor Webinyama, just like it gave them David Robinson and Tim Duncan. The Pistons will pick f- uh, fifth. Yes, that's true, I believe, after having the worst record, making this the fifth straight time. The worst team did not get number one. The How many times? Five straight years. The team with the worst record hasn't gotten number one. Well, because- that, that means the, that process might be wrong. But it does, it does help dissuade tanking if you don't. Yeah, if you I never guess. get the top pick. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We just saw the Mavs tank for the tenth pick, so I don't know. It dissuades tanking completely, right? Well, that's a little different. They tanked one game, and that was because it was a top ten protected pick. That's a little different. That they they want to avoid teams trying to lose the entire season. Well, but. I can make an argument with the Mavs that is worse than you being terrible to yeah. try and pick the one of the best players possibly ever. Like, it would be okay if the Pistons didn't play games this year, so they went 0 for 82 to try and get Webb and Yama. You can make a case they should lose their pick for that because that was supposed to, that was going to end up being the Knicks pick. No, see, I disagree. I, I think tanking is okay. I said this when the Eagles tried to, to lose that game against the Giants. Was that the Giants? No, no the, Washington. Washington. Yeah. Place. I think trying to lose is totally fine. Oh, no, I'm okay with tanking in general, too. But if you're going to be offended by tanking, I think what the Mavs did is more offensive than a team trying to be bad for an entire year to get a player like Webb and Yama. Hard for me to say because I'm okay with both versions of it. But one, you are asking your fans to spend money 41 dates, and you're losing every one of them versus one date. It should be no tanking. You got to be kidding me. There should be no tanking. You're a professional team. I'll tell you this, Pete. If I told you 
if the Jets went 1-16 this year, but I could guarantee you a Super Bowl in 2025, you would say, sign me up. But yeah. there's no guarantee. But if I told you there was? There's none. But there's no guarantee. Why? There's no guarantee. But if I told you there was, you would sign up. And that's, I, and these teams are, are banking on those odds. I, you can't give up seasons. I just, I just, I, I don't but, get that. Okay, well, can you give up a game? No. So if the vice versa happened with the Knicks needing to lose to help protect their pick, you would have advocated if you were a Knicks fan, you better go try to win that game even yes. if it means nothing. Yes, you got to try to win that game. Just For a, no reason. You, just, uh, you're, you're, you're asking fans to come into your building or or or, your, or buy your merchandise. Well, why are you gonna you gonna say, oh yeah, all of a sudden we're gonna go lose? Well, I think that the goal is always to win a championship, and whatever gets you to that championship. But that's not a guarantee. That's well, not a guarantee. Yeah, but winning that one game isn't a guarantee either. But but you your your goal is to go let out me, there. Let me and... ask you, Pete. Was it better for the Spurs this year? Wait, wait. Can I ask Pete a direct question? Sure. Were you happy when the Jets were nine tenths of the way to Trevor Lawrence and then won two random games and didn't get the number one pick and had Zach Wilson and now have to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, of course, I would have loved to have the to have Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so but there, they, there but it they're is. supposed to, but you're supposed to your professional team is supposed to go out there and play, and play to win. But the players do, despite what the organization does, resting the players themselves well, try. So you're getting the honest. But effort. then why are we having a problem with tanking? Why are we having a problem with tanking? Why are we having a problem? Changing how the lottery is for tanking. Why, well, because why? there are organizations that, like the Spurs this year, was it better for the Spurs to try to win 38 games and be a 11 seed for the play-in or a 10 seed for the play-in, or was it better for them to lose 60 and get Victor Wembanyama, who's going to be a stud for 15 years? I mean, I, it's clearly better for them to have done this. I think it's a bad message to the fans, and why, then you shouldn't take any tickets. You shouldn't let any fan come into the building because you're basically saying we're going to lose, but but buy our stuff anyway. I think it's a that's a disservice business wise to your to your fan I'll base. I'll tell you this: I saw a watch party video last night in San Antonio. Yeah, there's about a thousand people at this bar, and when the lottery pick comes up that they got number one, they explode, they pop champagne. Every fan there is thrilled. I mean, beyond thrilled. They are jumping up and down, screaming, hugging, crying, and they're popping champagne. You're going to tell me that those fans wanted, they would have preferred to see a 10 seed in the play-in game? They, they would have preferred to be in the playoffs. Stop but it. I will say Pete, this. I will say Pete, this. stop it. You think those thousand people that popped champagne last night would have rather well, been look, beaten by the Pelicans in the playing game? Stop it. They, they were a chance to, chance to win the title. Oh, come on. Pete, stop it. Is it uh, stop <laughs> it. That's the dumbest thing ever. That's not a dumbest thing ever. A thousand people last night got a generational talent that could have been LeBron, that could have been Tim Duncan. You're, and you're telling me they would have preferred to have lost to the Pelicans in the playing game? They would prefer to be in the playoffs. I would prefer to be in the playoffs. <laughs> But they're coming off three straight years where they right. tried to actually Enjoy not your tank. Tanking. Enjoy your tanking. Well, but they did. They, they did. You right. just saw they did. <laughs> a thousand people did. I don't know. I, I think it's a horrible way to, to be. But you might think it's that. It's a horrible way to be. But there's a thousand or multiple thousands of people. I mean, look, last look, night. If you, if end of the season, right, the season's over, and, and you have a chance to get the pick, fine, you celebrate, of course. Well, that's what anything, but but to purposely tank your season in order to get a number one pick, I think it's a little out of line. But they also, the previous three years, they refused to go all in on a rebuild, and they won 32, 33, 34 games, didn't make the playoffs, and still took fan money and still took you know revenue. Now they actually have a plan to get better and get out of the doldrums. This is actually, this was a smart 
exponentially smarter decision than being mediocre. That was the, the, the criticism in the last three years was you can't live in the middle like this. If you're not going to no be doubt. great, you have to be terrible so you can get great again. They were trying to not be terrible, realized that wasn't going to work, went terrible, and now they have Webb and Yama. Yeah, they nailed it. The worst thing you they, could they've be. They've been bad for mm. one year, and they nailed it. No, they've been bad for four. Right, but, but not now so they, But bad. now they got the one really bad year, and here yes. we are. The worst thing you could be is the Bengals with Andy Dalton year after year. The right. best thing you could be is the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Right? Yeah. Okay, and- enjoy. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Have fun with your tanking. Have fun with your seven-foot-five unicorn. If I'm asking people to come to my, come to my building and, and pay tickets, uh, and I'm, I'm tanking, I think that's a disservice to our fan base. Okay, but then you're defending the NBA by loading up the odds against the worst team. So the, the the Pistons had the worst record. They got the fifth pick. So you're saying the NBA's got it right. No, I think there should be a balance. There should be a balance on it. Like, like the Detroit Pistons were horrible. I mean, but they shouldn't have the opportunity to tank every year and end up with the pick one, number one pick every year. There has to be some type of balance. All right, but this year, the NBA's guardrails against the worst team tanking for the number one pick for a generational talent worked. Yeah. I think, though, Pete just said something that I, that I could maybe get behind is somehow, like, capping your tanking. Like, you can't have back-to-back number one picks. Like, something to say, okay, you want to do this once, okay, fine. But if it happens again, you can't have a top three pick. Like, yeah, I, think a, like I think on the back end, there's a way to stop teams, like, to force teams to be good faster than they want to. Right. But otherwise, you should be allowed to take a one-year flyer, especially on a player like this. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs just set themselves up for a decade of success again. Right, unless we're all wrong about this guy. They just got... Even if we are wrong, it would be better than being, let's just even say the 12th seed, the Wizards. Right, It's better. It's better to have this guy, potentially. I mean, I would rather have the number one pick than have watched my team get swept by the Sixers in the first round, like they did. Like the Nets did. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I would have rather been a Spurs fan last night than a Net fan a month ago. And would you have rather been a Spurs fan all season, though, with 20 wins? Well, yeah, and just to quickly debate Pete's point back, just don't buy the tickets for the years that they're bad. Part of the perks of buying season tickets is to have access to playoff tickets. If you know you're going to be bad, then why are you worried about having the access to playoff tickets? They have That's their financial decisions to eat the loss in ticket revenue. I'll be back when you get the number one overall pick. And sure. I don't think any of those teams complained about bad attendance. I don't think any of them stomped their feet like, where are you guys? Like, they knew... What they were, they said what they were doing. Their fans knew what they were doing. If they didn't come to games, I don't remember anybody complaining about that. They yeah. they knew what the deal was on both ends. Yeah, uh, we agree to disagree. I just I'm not a fan of giving up long. Uh, uh, you have to have a long term plan, but I'm not a fan of giving up short term planning that, of of a team. You, I think you go into every year wanting to win, and 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 when you're saying, hey, we're not going to win this year, I I think it's it's not the way to play the game. All right, fair enough. Is that it with the headlines? I don't think I have time for anything else. I'm giving everybody the break break. here. I'm giving everybody the break. When we come back here on the show, we've got a champ and we've got a chump. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Only one letter separates them, but they're galaxies apart. One is a true winner. One is a pathetic loser. This is DA's champ or chump. Your champ for the morning, baseball's fresh blood. We've talked about the Pirates having a winning first two months of the season. They sit in second place in the National League Central. 
The Rangers are in first place in the American League West. They've spent a lot of money to get there, but they haven't been there for a while. Orioles picked up where they left off last year, 27 and 15 on the season. Twins atop the American League Central. So good to see some fan bases, some teams that don't traditionally have a lot of success on the winning side of things early this baseball season. That's DA's champ. Your chump on the morning, Justin Verlander. A man making a lot of cash, coming off a dominant season, has played like trash for the New York Mets. Last night, he got rocked by the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Mets are playing absolutely awful baseball. They have fallen to three games under 520-23, despite having the league-high payroll that they do. Verlander booed in Queens last night, allowing six runs on eight hits, two home runs in just five innings. As the Mets lose 8-5 to the Rays, there's some real issues with the Mets and all of the good mojo that Buck Showalter seemed to bring last year is not there this year. And a big reason is because Scherzer and Verlander at the top of that rotation have not been good. That's DA's chump. Class is now dismissed. More on that in sound check coming up here on the show a little bit later on in the program. But when we when we come back, Victor Wembenyama ends up as a San Antonio Spur. Do we think the NBA is happy that who won last night's lottery? It's next, DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 